Hello and welcome back to K-Drama Rants. My name is Melanie and I like to rant about K-Dramas. Today we're talking about episode 13 of King the Land. Last week, Wong Huan's dad turned sibling against sibling to come up with a business plan to weather the recession for King Hotel. Sarang's friends are fully aware that she's dating Wong, but last week, Sarang witnessed Wan getting engaged to some girl who is also an heir to a hotel empire. I wish that this meant that actual drama, tension, or any kind of conflict happened, but this show simply cannot sustain that for long, so let's see how long it takes for this to get resolved. The episode starts with the last scene of the last episode where Sarang sees Wan in courtship with this woman. She drops the plate when she learns that he's set to marry this young woman. She apologizes immediately and almost cries picking up the shards of the broken plate up. She's very professional. Then Wan drops to his knees to check on her while she does this, but she's refusing his help until her supervisor steps out and tells her to leave as she will handle the cleanup. After this exchange, I think both the young woman and Juan's dad can tell that there's something happening here. Because, like, Juan jumped up way too quick to help her. You know what I mean? Then Juan sits back down and continues his dinner while Sarang steps away to continue working. In the dinner, Juan makes it known that he's in love with someone else and cannot marry this woman. All the while... Sarang is being reprimanded and hidden away so that no one has to see the employee who made a mistake. I mean, I don't know. Everyone drops plates sometimes, man. It's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, sometimes things fall. It is what it is. The dinner guests ignore Juan's statement about being in love with someone else and continue to talk as if he will marry this woman, Yuri. So Juan leaves trying to make it clear that he will not marry Yuri because he is in love with someone else. But after he leaves, it seems like instead of backing off, Yuri is invigorated to fight for Juan. I don't know why. Why do you want to marry someone who doesn't love you? Don't ask me. Business people are weird. I'm not interested in marriage, but I can understand why people are into it. However, I will never understand wanting to steal someone who is already in a relationship. Like, why do you want them? Is it because you can't have them? Like, what, what, what is the thought process here? Like, why, why? It's always the responsibility of the person in a relationship to hold up the boundaries of their relationship and fight off any advances. But why are you even trying, girly? Why? Why do you want this? Why do you want this? Anyway, on his own, in his room, Juan tries calling Sarang, but her phone is in her locker while she works, so she can't answer. He could just look for her instead of calling her, but I digress and it gets dressed immediately. He walks outside and runs into Sarang holding some tray and she can't talk because she is actively working and she's sad about what she saw, but he assures her that he will not be getting married to this girl and she accepts. Problem solved. Nothing to see here, guys. That's like 10 minutes in. What the fuck, dude? This is like the one morsel of conflict that we had in terms of like a relationship between these two and nothing really come on man it doesn't even really get brought up later he brings it up but she's like i'm fine you know what i mean like what are you talking about like why isn't this gonna last any longer 
I think it's good that they have a healthy relationship in which they talk to each other about things, but there is still the matter of the fact that his dad wants him to marry someone else. Like, that's still a conflict. They can still be a team fighting against this conflict of his dad wanting something else for him, but, like, nothing? You're just gonna move on. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. She can't talk for long because she is working. So, Juan leaves and she delivers the food she was carrying. The person to whom she is delivering this food is Juan's son's bedroom. I don't remember this child's name, so he's either going to be Juan's son or the kid. Where he is waiting to scare her wearing a monster mask. So he does, he scares her and doesn't apologize. So she tickles him into submission and he gives up and says he's sorry. He's treating her like, you know, very much the classic stereotypical Tebolson who doesn't see employees as humans. So she's like, I'm not about to take this. So she treats him like a donsing and she's like, no, you will refer to me this way or whatever. And she's real happy with how this turned out until she realizes who this child is because she gets called and she is tasked with bringing this child to his grandfather, who is the chairman of the king group. So she takes him downstairs to where they're having dinner and she delivers the boy and is surprised by how well-spoken and mature he's acting. And for her, it's like, this is so fucking weird, but I'm like, I don't know why you're surprised because these people just set up a strategic marriage for an alliance. You know what I mean? Like these, these are not normal folk. This is not where you would expect normal grandparent, grandson behavior. When the night ends and everyone's going home, the dream team supervisor gives everyone a fucking envelope of cash, which feels sus as fuck. Like what do you mean? They're paying these people under the table? Like, what is going on? Why are you doing it like this? I don't get it. But she gives everyone individual envelopes filled with money, except for Sarang, and she threatens to withhold payment, but Sarang's co-worker, who's also lined up, helps smooth the situation over. And the manager is like, you might work here again, but you better study up on how to do things correctly. And I'm like, she dropped a plate. She knew what she was doing. She just tried to play. Let's calm down. When Sharan gets home, she's like very still downtrodden and she opens the envelope and sees that her pay for just that one day was the same as her monthly paycheck. Wild. So at this point, we're supposed to be thinking like, she's still sad about this whole one thing being engaged to someone else. She's not. Okay, we'll get to that later. Back in the house, Juan and his dad talk about this little issue of him being in love with someone who is not part of his world, and his dad wants him to break it off since he knows what it's like to not be able to protect the woman he loves from this kind of business cutthroat world, and she will also end up leaving Juan, but Juan doubles down to protect her, and that's basically it, okay? Like, his dad just walks away. He's like, all right, and he just walks away. Then Juan tries to show up at her place later, but she's sleeping, even though she did kind of agree to call him after work earlier. But I mean, I don't know. It's been a long day. Like, it took a lot out of her. It's fine that she's sleeping. And he decides to jump the fence to go knock on her door, just as 
cops show up because they've received reports of a suspicious man loitering around the area. And Juan is like, I don't see any suspicious man. And they're like, it's you, boo. You're the problem. It's a couple of cops. And one of them is a man and one of them is a woman. The man cop thinks he's a stalker, but the woman cop wants to hear him out in case it's a romance situation. So they sit down and he explains his situation, but the cops remain steady on their opinions, okay? Apparently, this cop couple, this cop partnership is a couple outside of being on duty. So she's like, I wish you treated me like this. I wish you would like check on me after we had a fight. And he's like, bitch, you told me not to. Like, what are you talking about? So they have a little bit of a spat and I'm like, he's right though. Like she told him not to, why would he go? Juan makes them hold hands and he pieces out cause he's like, I'm not about to get in the middle of this. So Juan is very concerned cause he's like, Sarang is mad at me. Like she thinks I'm engaged to this woman. And Sarang is out here like worried about something else entirely. In the skies, Roan takes over Pyongwan's cleaning duties so she can take a rest, but she decides to sell duty-free items in the cabin instead. And when she returns to the attendance quarters, her new manager, the one who was promoted before her, tells her to go out again and sell some more, but Pyongwan decides to stand her ground since it's time for passengers to catch some Zs and the employees need a break. And her new manager is now mad at her because she insisted on following the rules. Okay. I I don't understand what this conflict is about. Like, I don't. Why, why does the new manager want her to go against company policy? Because I feel like it would just reflect poorly on her as a manager, right? I don't know. Maybe that's like the whole point of this show. It's just like the 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 little guy gets stepped on way more often than managers and above. Next day, King Land, Wan shows up and Sarang treats him cordially, serving him as she's required to. And honestly, she's just acting normal. And Wan tries to set up some time to speak with her after work, but Yuri, his betrothed, pulls up, so Sarang has to serve her too. Yuri has come to get him to change his mind. But Wan very seriously tells her she should find someone to truly love her and walks away when she tells him this is his last chance to be with her. And her value prop is that marrying her will make it very easy for him to take over the king group because he will have another hotel chain to his name. And Wan cares not. He's in love with a woman with whom he doesn't even know if he's sexually compatible. Perfect. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, he should break up with Sarang and go with this other woman, but also, like, girl, how long have you known her? He then goes to the Benihana restaurant that he went to with Sarang, and the chef tries to give him a free beer on the house because he looks so downtrodden, so he assumes it's a relationship problem, and Juan tries to return it because he is insulted and adamant that everything is perfect in his relationship. But the chef insists, so he takes it, and then Sarang comes in. She's clearly thinking about something, like she's definitely mulling something over. And Juan's like, please don't break up with me over this. And she's like, what? Why? Why would I do that? Why would you say that? Do you want to break up? And he's like, no. What are you talking about? What are you thinking about if, you don't, if you're not thinking about this? 
And she's like, no, I've moved on from the fact that your father wants you to marry someone else. Of course your dad wouldn't be super open to you dating a commoner. That's not the problem here. She's a cool girl that doesn't get upset over her boyfriend's dad telling him to marry someone else. That's not her concern. As soon as I turned on this episode, I was like, there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell that they're going to keep this conflict going. Something else will take its place. And this is what it will take its place. What she's actually thinking about is how the peak of her career, if she works hard enough, is to become a maid for a wealthy family, which is not what she wanted when she became a concierge. So Juan is like, okay, okay, I'm gonna get rid of the dream team and change something about the career trajectory of concierges so that this is not the case for you anymore. And Sarang is like, no, 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 don't do that. The dream team gets paid really well. I don't wanna take that money away from these people. I'm just saying like, I just wish I had something else to do. So now they don't talk about it anymore, but the chef begins his show. Meanwhile, the absolute worst fucking part of the show, Dao's life is once again in fucking shambles. One, her husband forgot about their wedding anniversary. And instead of being apologetic, he claims that the problem is his job. And to really add insult to injury, he tells her she should go grocery shopping because his dad doesn't like the banchan she's been making, like the side dishes that she's been making for, for food. Fuck Dao's life. Oh my God. Everyone around her, except for her friends, is actually a piece of shit. Except for, I guess, her child as well. Like, what the fuck, dude? Every single person? Every single person, like, why, why spread the misery around, okay? Why is it like this? So she does go get groceries because she has to appease these, like, older people. So while her bag breaks on the sidewalk, spilling the contents within, she sees her husband leaving a car on his way to play a golf simulator without her on their wedding anniversary. Are you fucking serious? She catches him do this, so she bursts in while he's playing with some woman and decides to beat him up. I don't condone violence, but when we learn that he quit his job the year before, not telling anything to Dawood, I think she's a little justified. He's just been pretending to work every day and using his severance pay from a year ago to fund this lifestyle of simulation golfing. Like, why do they do that like this? Like, why, why did this actress do something? Like, why are they doing this to this poor woman? At least some of the conflict that Dao is experiencing could be shifted and pushed into one and Sarang's main storyline because like everything for them resolves so quickly that I'm like what you're doing with her you could do some of that with Juan and Sarang too you don't have to treat her that badly you can make Juan and Sarang's relationship have some amount of conflict not saying with each other but like there's gotta be something dude like come on anyway I would say get a divorce to Dal, but I don't know Korean law and whether she'd be stuck paying alimony to this man. 
it might be worth it to keep him out of her life, but I'd be so fucking pissed if I had to give that man anything legally. That's why I don't want to get married. I don't trust people to not be the absolute fucking worst. Some people will just be pretending for forever until you get married and then they fucking show their real colors. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. Then we see Juan at the hotel thinking real hard about something. They don't really explain it until you see the result of it. So Saran pulls up to take some food up to him since it seems like it's going to be an all-nighter. And that is the start of a montage of Juan writing a proposal for King Hotel along with Sang Sheik, who falls asleep at some point. He stays up all night to do this, no bags under his eyes. And then when he and Sang Sheik make it to the meeting, Sang Sheik asks Juan if he'll do better than Huaran's team because she's been pulling all-nighters all week, all right? Like, she, she's got to be cooking something up. And Juan's like, I'm not worried. I'm not pressed. Why are you pressed? <laughs> so they go into the meeting and they're asked to present their proposals. And basically, Huaran's plan is to make every employee miserable by cutting all small reprieves for them and decreasing the quality of the hotel, okay? She's like, we should have fewer full-time employees and we should have more contract employees and we should not provide snacks for our employees. We shouldn't provide anything for our employees. Basically, her plan says that it should save about 10 billion won per year. These are relative numbers, so I'm not going to bother to convert them. And when it's Juan's turn, and he says that he can generate 100 billion won a year. His plan is to make King Hotel an international hotel chain, okay? He's about to become a Hilton. And he's already partnered with hotels in Dubai and the Netherlands. If I recall correctly, I don't actually remember. But anyway, he's partnered with them. So obviously, the chairman is thrilled about this proposition. He's always wanted an international hotel chain. He just didn't know how to do it. And now, Juan's done it. So obviously, he grants Juan control over King Hotel. Just like that. It's all tied up in a neat bow very, very quickly. Again, this show, so good at making Daoud miserable. But any kind of conflict, resolved immediately. Why are you like this? So they end the meeting and Huaran is incensed. She's talking to her secretary. She cannot let Juan have anything. She's angrily telling her secretary that she wants the world. She wants the whole world. So while Veruca Salt is expressing her greed, I realized that when her employee asked her if she's getting divorced, it's supposed to be a parallel to Pyonghua who's having trouble ascending from her role because she is divorced. Except, Huaran not ascending means still having control over many, many monies. And for Pyonghua, it means remaining stagnant. And also, them making such a big deal about this divorce situation feels like they're trying to redeem Huaran. And I think that's a mistake, okay? She's actually evil. Elsewhere, at King the Land, they get news of Juan's upcoming promotion. But Sarang is whisked away to take care of the chairman's grandson, the kid that she tickled into submission earlier, because the chairman requested Sarang. And so she shows up to the house and she's like, can I treat this child like a child? and not treat him like my superior. 
And the chairman's like, yeah, dude, go ahead. So she doesn't have to worry about the kid pulling rank since he is technically employing her. (laughs) So she goes to his room and he once again tries to hide and scare her, but she turns it around town and scares him when he leaves his hiding spot to see what's taking her so long. She then proceeds to use the tried and true method of calling a child a baby when they're misbehaving so that they stop because he's like, I don't know, he's being a kid. So they leave, they go outside, and they start playing together, and she beats him in some game, doesn't really matter what the game is, in order to get this kid to stop treating her informally and actually use honorifics with her and treat her as, like, an older sister. So they sit down at the swings, and she realizes that this kid has no friends, so she gives him some advice to make friends. And he's like, I don't need friends! And she's like, I know that that's not true. All right, okay, here's how you make friends. You treat him kindly. That's it. That's all you really need to do. And, like, she's not wrong. (laughs) They they play some more. And when they go back inside, the kid is ecstatic about all this playing and tells his grandpa all about it. So the grandpa thanks Sarang, but she's happy to be doing this job, okay? She liked playing with this kid. So she leaves to go give the kids some snacks. But on the way there, she runs into one who doesn't like her working as a domestic worker, but Sarang is happy to take care for the kid who doesn't have any friends. And she then explores his room and finds that he kept the fish candy that they got together when they were at the market getting supplies for her grandma's store. It was like this massive fish made out of sugar. And he was like very upset when he dropped it and it shattered. So he put it all together and he has it framed in his room. And I just, like, want you to think about what that means, okay? He has framed sugar in his room. Do you see all of the ants that are in his house right now? Okay, like, they're all on their way to get that fucking sugar that's just in his room, framed. I mean, I guess if he sealed it, but I don't know if he did. (laughs) But it has not been explained, okay? So I'm just assuming that he, like, just has sugar displayed in his room. More importantly, though... Okay, we haven't seen grandma in a while and they talk a little bit about how he doesn't have grandma's approval to be Sarang's boyfriend. So that feels like they're going to kill grandma and I am not for that. Okay, I will riot. I don't want this woman dead. Okay, I've seen her die in like way too many K-dramas now. It's like two or three at this point. I don't want her to die, okay? I, I just I just want the show to end with this woman still alive and just, like, vibing, okay? And just, like, running her little restaurant with all of her, like, shitty customers that are trying to get with her granddaughter. You know, like, that's what I want for her. But no, she's probably gonna die. And the last thing that she does is probably going to be giving Juan her approval to marry Sarang. I'm so mad about it, okay? I don't know why I'm so mad about it already. It's ha- It hasn't happened, okay? I don't need to be upset. I don't need to be upset, okay? It hasn't happened, so I don't need to be upset. Sarang then finds the picture that they took in Jeju, which of course means that in an attempt to keep the picture from Sarang, Wan raises the picture over his head, and she pushes him onto the bed, landing on top of him. So they start to make out while they're there, but the kid comes in looking for her, so they're interrupted. He doesn't see the indecency, the the position that he's found his carer in. So Sarang plays it off as wanting to play hide and seek. 
and the kid falls for it because, of course, he does. He's a child. Later, Juan takes her home, and she shares her concern for the child because he's too mature for his age. So when Juan gets home and sees that he's sleeping in the living room, he checks in on him. He's like, hey, like, do you want to go sleep in your room? And the kid's like, no, I'm waiting for mom to get home since I keep missing her because she gets home late. And then his mom shows up. And I almost fucking cried, okay? Because when she got there, she immediately got angry that this child wasn't in the States. That poor fucking kid. I can't even imagine not having a mother who doesn't want you around. Like, that shit must be devastating. Maybe not quite as much when you're that young, since that's just your norm. But that's gotta fuck you up later in life. Oh my gosh. So, the kid goes to bed as he's ordered by his mother, who doesn't want to see his face. So Juan confronts Juan over how she treats her son, but she doesn't care, man. She takes this opportunity to continue to be cruel to her little brother and tell him that her kid is stronger than he was when his mom wasn't around. And she thinks that Juan's concern over his nephew is about the company. Like, she thinks he's, like, playing some fucking 40 chess about this company but he's like, nah, dude, like, just take care of your kid. <laughs> like, she needs a nice, long, forced retirement. Get some perspective, girly. Oh my gosh. Then Juan goes to his nephew's room to cheer him up and tell him that he's there as his uncle whenever he wants and needs. So, Sarang, Juan, and this kid have a picnic together at the park later. They have fun flying some kites. At some point, Sarang leaves to go get some street food. So Juan and his nephew have a heart-to-heart. And Juan promises this child that he will get his mother to play with him. That's just cruel, okay? To get that kid's hopes up like that? That woman is not going to play with her child at any point. And that's when I realized they are setting up Juan for a redemption arc. Because I don't think they're going to devastate this child like that. I don't think they're going to, like, say that this child is going to have a nice moment with his mother and then just not give him a moment with his mother. So I think they're setting her up for a redemption arc. And I'm like, why, though? Like, she's evil. Just let her be evil, okay? She's a bad person. Some people are just bad, dude. Like, you don't have to redeem everybody. And then, finally, Juan decides that this is his time to find out what happened to his mom. So he makes it to the laundry room where the cleaning inspection lady works and can tell him about his mom. She'd been waiting for him to come to him. She was the one who sent him his mom's personnel record and he asked her something, but we don't get to hear it because the show's whack about how it builds tension. It seems like, based on the scene that happens, that she answered his question about why she left, but after hearing it, Juan wants nothing to do with his mom. So, that's it, I guess. He even hides away the pocket watch he's kept from her since he was a kid. Cool. Do you think that they'll give us information? Because it feels like they're not going to give us any more information about what happened. (laughs) Why this mother left. He calls Sarang when he has this information because he's feeling down and asks her to eat. It's very cute that he went to see her when he seemed like he needed some consolation. 
I, I like that. I, that was that was a good move by the show. And she asks him if he will go see his mom. He will not. He's convinced that if she'd loved him, she never, ever would have left him. And Sarang knows that that's just, like, not true. All right? Sometimes, even, sometimes because you love somebody, you have to leave. But he's not ready to hear that yet. And most importantly, I feel like this is setting us up for Sarang to leave temporarily because she loves him. And that's how he learns that lesson that sometimes love forces you to leave. I might be wrong, though. But I feel like this is what they're setting up. He insists that he's feeling peace about it, but he's lying. However, we don't really get to explore that emotion because there's a cameraman outside Tarang's window catching this very tender moment between the two of them because Huaran will not give up, okay? She is going to take down her little brother. And I think that her idea is like, oh, while I'm having my divorce, my brother is going to get into a scandal about dating an employee. Like, that's going to be the thing. So if I'm going to have a scandal, he's going to have a scandal. And so it's going to cancel it out. And so it's going to be, like, not about my divorce anymore. So I think that's, like, that's what Horan's thinking. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, fair enough, dude. Like, it will probably tarnish his reputation if he's dating an employee. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless of what happens next, I'll be so pissed if we never find out what happens to Juan's mom. Like, they can't keep that information from me. That's rude. Okay, that's the one mystery that's kept me going. And it seems like they're just gonna like hide it away. It's just not gonna matter anymore. I'm like, are you serious? How could you do this to me? Okay, I've spent at least 13 hours with you already. And you're telling me that you're not gonna tell me what happened to Juan's mom? The one mystery that we've been thinking about since episode one? Really? Really? That's what we're doing? Cool, 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 cool. I love that. I've already like shared what I think is going to happen, but dude, I'm just like thinking like, are they really just not going to give us the information about what happened to Juan's mom? Like, that's crazy. As always, shoot me a message at koreandramarants at gmail.com or at koreandramarants on Instagram. Catch y'all next week with episode 14 of King the Land. Thank you for listening. Bye.